Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. We've seen this from time to time. I mean, I think it's just been ongoing for decades, but self-love, self-care have been very big mantras at the moment. And that has governed a lot of our vocabulary within the sort of psycho-spiritual realm for a while now. What's interesting is that it's kind of like most things I've been seeing, mm-hmm. is that with a grain of truth and then interpreted in separation. Yeah, So, exactly. yes, love comes from within. We have banged on about that since season three. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's accessed from within, right? Exactly, yeah. So... Yeah. Self-love is the first step to sharing love because you feel it first within yourself. But the minute you put it into separation Mm -hmm. and there becomes a right and a wrong and punishment and reward, self-love stops being love and starts being a perpetuation of small L love, Mm -hmm. therefore toxic sacrifice. But we're just doing it to ourselves. Yeah, so... Here's one way to look at it that just came to me now, which is... (laughs) From someplace I can't quite explain. (laughs) As I stare out into the rainy gray sky. (laughs) Is that if you want to put a very big interpretation of self-love, because as you said, you know, it was just something that became distorted in 3D. So one way to look at it from a 5D perspective is to see it as I am a source of love. But as you said, if we're looking at it through the lens of our pain and our suffering and separation and our experience within polarity, we're not saying this, right? We're saying, I do this because I love myself. Yeah. And again, like you said, then it becomes the sort of lowercase l love. And so like everything else, when we look at concepts like mindfulness and manifestation and gratitude and... I don't know, name something else. Letting go. Oh, letting go. And whatever concepts that are still being sold to people, self-love has become a crutch. And we can see now how exhausting the whole self-love concept, much like everything else, has become. Because it's something that we have to constantly tell ourselves to do. And if we're having to tell ourselves to do something, it takes us out of ourselves. It takes Mm -hmm. us out of our growth and our evolution. It completely, it makes us an actor. Yeah, because if we are telling ourselves, you should be doing this, this Mm -hmm. is what you should be doing, and we're going against our Mm -hmm. will, our choice, Mm -hmm. then what we're actually doing is we're putting ourselves in judgment and shame. And therefore, straight away, we are back into separation within ourselves, which is where you then perpetuate separation in your life. What I just find so frustrating is when I see on social media and memes about if you do this, then you're not loving yourself. Mm. If you reach out to that ex who burned you, that's not how you love yourself. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I would totally disagree. If that's what you want to do and you honor honor that, that is the most love you can do because Mm -hmm. you are flying in the face of conventional wisdom and still doing what you want to do. Exactly. If you make it about yourself and not the other person. And I think that it's self-love is just one of those many rules around small love, right? Old, gross love that we need to start to understand and pick apart so we can kill. Because the, those acts of self-love 
are not ways to get out of your karma. No, they're ways to ignore your, is ways to bypass the karma. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, I actually feel really strongly about this. Because I know, for someone like me, mm-hmm. who is ultimately, I'm a perfectionist. I used, I, I, I used to see things in real black and white. Yeah. I gave myself every disorder under the sun, mentally, mm-hmm. in terms of being stuck within this, what I should do and what I actually want to do. Yeah. And it made me feel constantly, I was the one that was making myself feel not good enough the most. Mm-hmm. And what that did was it did two things to me. Yeah. One... It allowed me to perpetuate the lie that I wasn't good enough and Mm -hmm. that my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, my desired actions were not good enough. Mm -hmm. And B, what it also did was it allowed me to stay in my karma because by not actually just choosing to do what I wanted to do, so following Mm -hmm. my heart rather than my mind, that which at that time was riddled by Mm -hmm. separation and polarity, I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to burn through my karma and find out I was powerful enough. Because we've said this now in quite a few episodes, and this is a great one to just like remind on this topic, is that going through our karma is not just about finding out where we're not powerful Uh and taking back that power. Getting through our karma is in the making of those choices. Mm-hmm. In the understanding that we are free to make those choices yes. and that we will be okay regardless of what happens after those choices happen. Yeah. And what you said right there, sorry to jump in, but I no, actually right. think that core issue around this, one of the foundational truths to this concept is our freedom. When we are locked into this idea or this notion that there is a right way to exist, we stifle our freedom. Exactly. And actually, who's the one doing the stifling? Us. Yeah. We're just kind of putting a new set of rules on ourselves. Yeah. How to act, how to behave, and what to do. And when we haven't been allowed the freedom to make mistakes, to grow from our lessons, and to figure out who we really are, because once really, once we know who we are to our very core, a lot of those things don't matter. Did I get it right this time? Did I not? Ugh. What does it matter? I'm still growing. I'm still evolving. It's all working out just fine. As we know, in a karmaless world, things just tend to work and you are you are in flow. Instead of we're acting in certain ways because of the perceived judgment from other people, yeah. we're acting in certain ways because of the perceived judgment from ourselves. Once we are pretty much adopting a new system or a set of rules that end up governing our lives, what we're really saying is, I don't trust myself to live for myself. I don't trust that I have it in me. I don't trust that I can make choices according to how I feel and for them to be in my highest good, which is what trust is, right? I trust that everything will turn out in my highest good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize that. Exactly. There's a connection there. Exactly. And so what happened in 2020 and what we're experiencing in 2021 and so forth as we come into season two, spiritual maturity is we're having to realize that we actually don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know what that means. We don't know what it means at all. Because we have always looked to others to parent us, to take care of us. Whether it was our parents, our Mm -hmm. extended society, all the way up to our governments and our religions, all the temples of 3D. Exactly. We're the ones parenting us, imposing their rules on us, and separating us from ourselves. So the more conscious we become, the more we realize no one was ever really equipped to parent us. No. 
nor are we equipped. I have to say, as a parent, <laughs> I've yeah. learned how, uh, how how ill-equipped I am to parent anyone. I've actually been realizing that, you know, for a really long time. <laughs> but it really comes, that realization comes the more conscious you become. Well, it makes total sense. Yeah, it really Be- does. Because, because like, I- how can you parent anyone? When they if- are there in their own power. Right. Well, how can you parent anyone when you're not a conscious person? How the fuck yeah. do you know what you're doing? And actually, all parenting really is, I believe, coming from a non-parent. Okay. You know, oh, tell me, the- please. <laughs> Maybe you have the solution. I do find people without children usually know better. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, because they're not so caught up in all their fucking fears and their <sighs> shit around parenting. I mean, no, I guess you do it, right? Like, I just, for me, it's just like, well, how do I parent myself? I listen to what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I listen to myself, first of all. Mm-hmm. I make my feelings valued. Mm-hmm. and valuable mm-hmm. and I let myself do whatever feels right to me because whatever it is I will learn from it what I need to learn yeah. and I acknowledge that I am in me the only person that knows how I am feeling what my destiny and then fate are mm-hmm. and that I have to listen to my own purpose so really what I do is I see the divine in me mm-hmm. And I allow that to be expressed however I see fit. And that does mean allowing myself to act in whatever way my heart desires, mm-hmm. regardless of what it looks like on the outside. Because I think that's where the magic happens. Yeah. So you can understand why most people don't know how to do this or haven't gotten there yet, right? I mean, what you're because, describing is just something you've entered, like, recently. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what I'm describing is someone who doesn't believe they're not good enough anymore. Yeah. To but make you're their also own choices. Just, and you're also describing somebody who can live with a, a buttload of trust, faith, knowing. And honestly, Liz, and, yeah. the most I'm describing is someone who can take responsibility. Yeah. That's why no one else can ever parent us. Mm-hmm. Because... No one can take responsibility for our lives the way in which we need to in order to create the lives that we are here for. And it is very difficult to wake up to this. It really is because... The first thing you have to do is take responsibility for all the ways in which you weren't taking responsibility. Well, it's the, it's the mere fact that we were born needing somebody. We were born to be parented, right? Mm. Mm. But at some point, we never grew out of that. And so this belief that we've always needed to be cared for by another person or being or entity is always expecting and perpetuating the codependence and neediness. Yeah. And let me tell you, 2020, as we saw, 2020 was pretty much highlighting all the areas that we were going to be having to work on going forward, right? Because they were all the places where someone else was letting us down. Exactly. And where we were not in our power. And this was a big one. This really was one of the big ones because it was like, oh, shit. Does anyone really have my best interests at heart or even, even in mind? Or even yeah. be. I mm-hmm. don't have my best interest. I know what it's like to be swimming in my karma and thinking that it's self-love. <laughs> I didn't have my best interests at heart. I was punishing myself harder than anyone else was punishing me. Yeah. And I was taking everyone else's actions and reactions, seeing them through the filter of I need to be punished. Mm-hmm. And and making them even harder. I was my biggest enemy by far. Yeah. By far. Or it's and not I called even, it self-love. But it's not even the need to be punished. For some, it's the I need to be loved. I need to know that I'm loved. 
So I will do and I will become so compliant in order for my karma to be assuaged, in order to know that I have value. Yeah, makes and, sense. In order to know that, that I'm in order to know that I matter. I did that too, unfortunately. So I'm going to follow every single rule. I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. I'm going to elect or vote in which way in ever in whichever way somebody is going to make sure that I am safe. And I am rewarded for my compliance. Exactly. So God damn twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker. I don't know why. It's like 2020 was such a motherfucker because that was a – I. It, it's just an interesting one to me. When this one came through and I was like, that's right. It, no, no. I have to say this for me, like it's saying something that I knew but I was never able to verbalize Yeah. because it was really – I mean, we all do it. Like what is judgment and shame if it's not – perpetuated within ourselves is someone else is judging us and shaming us but mm -hmm. we don't necessarily believe it yeah. it doesn't penetrate self-love the way it's taught it is self-flagellation and to be fair it tends to be well-intentioned right i usually make such horrible choices in men jobs finances what have you i'm going to do the opposite and call it self-love and it's going to be so much better well yeah one can say that doing something different and making other choices will get you where you need to go. But, but there's a difference, Liz. Because, no, I don't disagree. All I'm uh, saying is, yeah, but yeah, I agree. that's not necessarily killing your karma. I do believe that it gets to a point when you've made the same choice a thousand times and you've taken responsibility for that choice. You naturally want to make a different choice sometimes yeah. or you naturally want to make the same choice, right? Yeah. And But if you do choose to make a different choice, you're doing so because you're choosing it, not forcing yeah. it. It's organic. It becomes organic. And the less karma you're holding, the less fear you're holding, the less pain you're holding, it becomes much more natural. Whereas the self-love mantra of you have to do this in order to show yourself love it still does perpetuate the pain because it's self-denial. And that's the issue is self-love becomes self-denial. Yeah, totally. You stop being who you are. Yeah, and that's the punishment aspect. And we're not here to not be ourselves, right? We're no. not here to exist or live as other people or according no. to other people's rules. We're yeah. here to coexist within love. And we cannot do that if we're constantly subscribing to other people's opinions. And it's funny because even when we were doing all this work at the beginning and we were doing the first first seasons of the podcast, I really would sit in the room and think, God, I just wish I could do whatever I wanted to do. But I would be constantly telling myself, even in what we were talking about, hmm. even in how we were discussing stuff, that I wasn't good enough to do so. And that wasn't the point. If I act in this certain way, mm. I will get these results. Therefore, the reason why I am not getting what I want is because I am not doing what I should be doing. Oh, yeah. And then we put that into the self-love camp of, yeah. I love myself enough that I'm starving myself. Mm -hmm. I love myself enough that I'm walking away from someone even when I still want to stay. I love myself enough that I, I am staying in a job that I hate. Mm -hmm. I love myself enough that I shut up and listen when I'm with my family so I can be the compliant one. Mm. I love myself enough to hurt and that is not what love is. This is the thing I have, honestly, if there's one thing I can teach and impart is that when it came time for me to make any decision, 
hard or easy. It was easy when I was aligned to myself because I was in line with who I was. Exercising self-love with a capital L love Mm -hmm. is really easy because you're in line with yourself. And any any emotions that come out of it, even if they're sad, happy, angry, you know, all the spectrum of emotions that we can have, mm-hmm. we hold them because it's still an easy choice because we can't do anything else. Right. Exactly. That's very well said. Sorry, so, I just really needed to get that out. You needed to get that old out. Me heard that. Well, old you wouldn't have cared. <laughs> no, she would have been like, "Sorry, there's a catch," but there is no catch. That is the only way through. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not saying that things don't get uncomfortable. I'm not saying that things don't get painful. I'm not saying that things aren't hard. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying is that if you are at least on your own side, then yeah. you have a fighting chance to get out of your karma. If you're working against yourself, then you're already in separation. So how the fuck are you going to get out of separation? Ultimately, we're looking for self-reliance. To circle back to the parenting theme, because that's really the big one here. So we can't just assume that those acts of love or that belief in small love is going to solve any of our problems or make things better because that's just going to perpetuate all the toxic and dependent relationships that are, you know, that we're swimming in at the moment anyway. So it really is about stepping into our power and taking ownership of our lives. As you said, it's about being willing to become responsible for ourselves, to parent ourselves in a way that we've never been taught to parent before. I will be okay no matter what I do. And let's be fair, parents didn't know how to parent because they were also in their own karma. Those sort of family dynamics and relationships were not about sort of Brady Bunch or whatever your equivalent here in the UK was about like, oh, let's all be supportive and be there. No, how can you when your parents were locked in their own karmic stories and you were born to help facilitate all this karmic healing for them, for yourself, and all that bullshit. It takes learning how to parent yourself in order to shift out of this belief that something or someone is going to save us. What I found with self-love is we become reliant on the concept of self-flagellation to the point we think that's what rewards us. Mm-hmm. So when things work out in our favor, or our perceived favor, we're like, it's because I was loving towards myself. I was good. Exactly. I was Mm -hmm. good. I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so then we become even more scared of being bad because how will we be punished? And I find that such a shame because what it does is it, first of all, further locks us into it. Mm -hmm. But second of all, stops us from seeing our power in even a bigger sense of that when we do make a choice. And for me, this was the most transformative thing of all. Mm. When I made a choice from my heart and it did work out, that allowed me to have the courage and the faith to make more choices from my heart, right? Mm -hmm. And it stopped being about self-flagellation equals eventual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it started being purely from practice that I can create my joy by following my heart just as much as I can create getting out of my karma. So the one thing that I think is worth discussing, even though it's not really on the outline, is how does this fit in with self-discipline? I was going to (laughs) ask... (laughs) Because I have very little of that also. What we would know as self-discipline, as in a practice by which we do things even if we don't feel like doing them, can be one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves when we know, when we know, heart, mind, that kind of knowing, full body knowing that it is in our highest good. 
Even though this does not come naturally because my body would rather stay in bed till 9 or 10, I also know I don't feel good when I do that. I know that my day doesn't go as well as when I'm up by 6. That for me is my own practice, right? So it's okay when we can do things that we might say, well, it's an act of self-love that I'm forcing myself to do this because I know it makes me feel better. No, let's not sort of start to equate self-denial with self-love which equals discipline. It's the, this is in my highest good, even if my other self is like not feeling it. Only because this allows me to be in flow with my life and my purpose. That's when you're not forcing yourself. You're just living in accordance with that really big perspective and picture. And it's not saying, well, I'm going to get up at five because that's what successful people do. Right? Again, it's like, it's the, why are you doing it? Is it for personal growth and evolution because you know it improves your life or you're doing it because that's what everybody else did? And as you said before, when when you're in flow and everything becomes a sort of natural and organic extension of your being is what we're looking for, right? Ideally, as an expression of who we are, as opposed to, I have to force myself to do this. I have to talk myself into doing this. I have to have an entire dialogue and give myself permission to do this. It's like, no. It is or it isn't. It's quite simple. Parenting ourselves really does require that sort of trust, faith, knowing, and hope. I trust that this is all in line with my highest good and that something somehow will have my back. I will fall. Something will catch me. Again, whether I make a mistake or not is less important than I know that I'm in the process of growing and evolving. And I do know I have to do this. Just like you've gone through times when I'm like, are you sure about that, Rhea? Really? I have to, Liz. I just have to. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you go on with your bad self. I'll be here for you. (laughs) But you see what I mean? But even in those moments, like, you know, technically you are someone who speaks to millions of people, you know. (laughs) In my head. (laughs) In my head. We have discovered a lot of this work together, but for a period of time, you know, I still take your opinion very highly, right? Mm -hmm. And there is still when you say, even though I tell you not to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But like now let's, you know, when you say, are you sure? And I'm like, sorry, I have to. Mm -hmm. You don't know better for me. I know better for me. Even though you're speaking to all my guides and all my angels and all my everything, Mm -hmm. I still know better. Yeah. And that's really key, guys. Yeah. But that's because I weirdly have some hope. Yeah, but it's because you are connected to your true heart's desires. But again, that's what hope is. It's connecting. That is your true heart's desire. And there's no other Uh. way we can be. Yeah. So that means that really... Remember, hope is not future projection. It's not expectation. I'm going to put this out there in the hope that it's going to play out the way I'm expecting it to play out, right? Hope Mm. is our true heart's desires. In 5D, in the karmalist world, that's what we use in order to create our new reality. So hope is what we use to create our new reality because effectively... Being connected to our heart's desires is what we use to create our new reality. Is what's going to get us there. And of course, as we know, when we are connected to our hearts, we have courage. And that's how we burn out our karma. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what self-love in in its 3D separation form does is it creates constraints around hope. Because what it's doing is it's telling you your heart's desires don't matter. Or they're only good if they're around a certain thing. Right? It's all very limiting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why self-love can be self-abuse. Because we I are mean, in my really, case it was. We are not sharing love with ourselves, are we, at all? 
we're not acting in love. We're not shining our light. We are dimming our light. Yeah. Ourselves. How can you shine your light if you don't believe you are worthy of having any? Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.